All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday, February 6th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. Back from the NHL All-Star Weekend. I'm Frank Sarvali. He is Daily Faceoff analyst Mike McKenna, former NHL netminder. Mike, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. As you can tell, it's the first Monday of the month. We've got tornado sirens going off in St. Louis. But uh, back to the real world, eh, man? You got a little time down on the beach there in Florida. Got some things accomplished and regular seasons on us. So it looked like you had a great time down there at the All-Star festivities, Frank. Yeah, no beach time. No one needs to see a whale on the beach. Uh, so just kind of kept it... Uh, on the rails and uh, had some fun with Tyler, but uh, very productive weekend as well. Uh, number of pods conducted. Uh, looking forward to dropping those in in uh, upcoming days and weeks, and and plenty of time spent around hockey people, which means some gossip and chatter. Let's throw uh, two minutes and thirty seconds up on the clock and let's dive into what actually ended up being a pretty newsy Sunday with. The New York Islanders announcing a new eight-year contract extension for newly acquired forward Bo Horvat, who, oddly enough, the first time we saw him wearing an Islander jersey was on Friday evening skills competition at All-Star Weekend. He still ended up playing for the Pacific Division, but had a New York Islander logo on his sweater. And Mike, when you see this extension come in at eight times 8.5 for a total of $68 million, I'm told that the deal does not include any signing bonus money. Horvat gets a full no trade clause for the first four years of the deal. The second half of the deal includes a 16-team no trade list. 
What do you make of the contract extension? Lou Lamorello, their GM, was saying, "What? Too many years, too many dollars." What do you think? It's just funny. It's classic Lou, uh, and I tend to agree with him. You know, I thought that this extension would probably come in just a little bit above eight million bucks. And there's a couple comparables. You look at Mika Sabanajad, who's at eight point five million. It was an eight-year deal that was signed in 2020. But Sabanajad had a couple of years where he'd been a point-a-game player. This is really a career season for Bo Horvat right now. He's been a three-quarters point of a game player. He's never really uh, eclipsed. The goal scoring that he has right now, he's at 31. He's on pace. He'll probably end up at mid-40s at least, I would think, this year, maybe even 50. Um, But I thought it was a little bit rich. I thought it'd come in probably 8.1, 8.25 is really where I expected because he he uh, didn't take any signing bonus money, as you said. He does have some trade protection to help. Um, I thought he'd just be a little bit closer, more towards the hurdle deal that recently went last year um, for the San Jose Sharks, you know, and he was uh, just a little bit... A little bit under the or a little bit above at 8.1 and some change there and that was in march so i thought it was a little rich i don't think it was as crazy of an overpay as at first glance because of some of the intangibles frank but what did you think yeah you know i i think what this does is it comes in at exactly market value like the islanders get no discount for offering the eighth year i think uh at eight and a half million bucks if he had gone to market in the summer, that's the one big leverage piece uh, that Horvat loses is that eighth year. And so to me, um, look, I, I don't know if it's possible. I probably would have held firm at a flat $8 million and said, hey, this is the deal that we're willing to offer. Uh, but I also don't know how the parameters changed once uh, it was pretty clear that the Islanders did not want to include any signing bonus money, which, uh, to your point, makes it essentially buyout proof so they – save themselves from that. And in this case, uh, they get their guy locked up that they just gave up some pretty significant assets for to get last week. No doubt that that extension was coming. But a few days after Bo Horvat was saying that he thought he was going to be a Canuck for life, it looks like he may, in fact, potentially finish his career with the New York Islanders. Let's uh, recap the All-Star Weekend. Let's take a trip down to South Florida. And Mike, when you got a chance to size up the weekend as a whole, whether it was the skills competition on Friday night or the All-Star game itself on Saturday with Matthew Kachuk being named the MVP, which star shone brightest? It definitely wasn't the skills comp. But I thought that this brightest star the whole weekend for me was probably Dylan Larkin. And it was more so in the games, okay? Because I'm taking the skills comp. I'm chucking that whole thing out the window. The only thing I liked were the surfboards. Uh, And Larkin had a terrible fastest skater performance for the guy who's been the record holder in the NHL for quite some time. Man, he came out during the games. And I thought the games were good, Frank, aside from the jerseys being way too similar and the occasional misstep on passes. I mean, Larkin, dude, this guy had 21 shot attempts in two games. Like five, he had five goals and an assist, a hat trick in the final game. He was back checking like crazy. Like he was clearly upset that he didn't do as well as he could have and was accused of even sandbagging in fastest skater, which, I mean, to me, it kind of looked like the guys weren't going very hard or trying not to hurt themselves. So um, I could see how that perception was there, but he really showed to me why you got to remember Dylan Larkin is a top end player in the NHL. Sometimes he gets kind of overlooked in Detroit. I thought he was fantastic. Um, obviously, you know, there were some other storylines. UC Soros from the goalie perspective was great. Um, but I, I kind of like some kids that were from St. Louis, Frank. I thought you might you might kind of think the same as me, maybe. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you know who's really happy about the Horvat extension? And that's Larkin, because you take a look at the season Horvat's had. We talked about it being the idea of a statistical outlier year. And Larkin has been just a notch under a point per game for multiple seasons now, and including this year. I think he has something like 43 points in 48 games. He had a 73-point season in 76 games. So if you take a look at that compared to Horvat, you know, I think if you're Dylan Larkin, you go back to the Detroit Red Wings now as part of these negotiations and say, hey, I'm in the $9.5 million range. But just to put a bow on All-Star Weekend, for me, it was the Kachuk family, all of them, uh, not just Matthew, the MVP, so uh, but Brady. I mean, you could also make the argument for uh, little Ovi there. He was pretty fantastic. But the Kachuks and the way that they embraced it, those guys were everywhere. I'm not kidding you. From elbow room and seeing uh, big Walt Keith Kachuk around town uh, to seeing him fist bump in the stands uh, when you saw Matthew score the hat trick. Uh, Brady was into it. The chemistry playing on the same team. Uh, those guys, I was talking to Kevin Hayes uh, as they were wrapping up All-Star Weekend. Of course, Hayes is uh, the Flyers forward and first-time All-Star is the Kachuk's cousin. And he was saying, you know, these guys were born for a stage like this. He said it used to be a situation where growing up in, in the Boston area, he said, you know, those guys looked up to me and my brother, Jimmy. He said, in this case, now it's me looking up to those guys. So I thought that was a nice touch and a nice wrap on All-Star Weekend. The Kachuks just made for the moment. But want to also touch on the state of the league, Mike. Uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman had his uh, annual All-Star press conference to talk about all things NHL. And a number of topics were discussed uh, from uh, the projected revenue, which Bettman mentioned comes in at at this point, give or take $6 billion, which is a huge increase from the 5.4 that the league brought in last year. I'll have more on that tomorrow and, and what that means for the NHL salary cap. Uh, he asked and faced uh, some pretty typical and expected questions, particularly re relating to the Pride Night fiascos with both the Flyers and the New York Rangers, the NHL's low television ratings uh, nationally in the U.S. with both TNT and ESPN. He said that there was no update right now on the status of the 2018 uh, Hockey Canada World Junior investigation. So of all the topics that were covered, Mike, I was curious, which one uh, and maybe outside of those caught your attention and, and was something that you wanted to talk a little bit more about? Well, I think that the ratings and the viewership is something that Batman and Daly really latched onto in this presser. And for good reason, like saying that, hey, our viewership is still up. We also think that the decline in ratings that we've seen on ESPN in particular is going to bump up towards the end of the year with the ABC ratings that come along with being on the major flagship as opposed to being on cable. And that ESPN willingly was going up against, with the NHL's blessing, a football. So um, I, I think that he made sense of the ratings uh, being down and, and the seemingly firestorm that seemed to cause, um, which was appreciated because I think he went into depth on it. But the one part that I thought he, he just filtered away really fast was Sinclair Broadcasting. And that's a rights holder of 12 local teams in the NHL. And he kind of said, well, it's just a drop in the bucket for revenues. It won't affect the cap much. And I'm like, man, the 12 teams that that affects, Sinclair potentially going into bankruptcy, which owns those TV markets, that's a big deal. So I wanted to hear more there, but I appreciated the explanation in regards to ESPN and TNT and just viewership seemingly being down a little bit when it effectively wasn't. 
Yeah, just a side note on that, uh, as Sinclair and Bally Sports Group uh, work through their process of, of reorganizing here, uh, the people that I have talked to seem to express a lot of confidence that they're going to come through on the other end of this in fine shape, obviously something that the league is watching closely. But just going back to the television ratings like quickly, like that part to me was actually a little bit more concerning because one of the explanations was, well, they're offering more games this year. And so therefore, if you compare apples to apples, then the total number, it's like, well, no, just because there's more games on, if less people are consuming it and you're still down a few percentage points, which is what they acknowledged, that doesn't really hold any water with me. I think the NHL, that was one of the big alarming factors of uh, really that press conference in general was just the complacent factor that I think exists around the league. There are a lot of people outside of those walls uh, in the press conference room basically saying, look, All-Star Weekend is a mess. The product on the ice uh, really struggled, especially the skills competition and the effort uh, from players, the buy-in factor, all those things. Uh, and television ratings as a whole, if you're in the neighborhood of the WNBA, it's probably not a good spot to be in as you see other sports continue to pass you by, whether it's Major League Soccer or whatever it is that's next on the front burner. Um, you know, if you're the NHL, you want to try and you know keep as many eyeballs as you can. So that part was concerning to me. A quick note as well, um, the 2024 All-Star Game, of course, officially was announced that is heading to Toronto. And one of the other things that I had asked the commissioner was, given the success of All-Star Weekend from a fan engagement perspective in the sense of, he said that they had 7,000 guests, which was a record of uh, partners and sponsors. That's their big sort of feather in their cap is, hey, come on down and join us for All-Star Weekend. It's an easy sell uh, to get them to come to South Florida. You saw more players want to participate this year than in previous years. So I asked the question of rather than trying to get to all 32 buildings, does it make sense to just select five or two? And he said, no, in this case, moving forward, they'd like to continue to have it to be a rotation. Mike, uh, just freshly posted on dailyfaceoff.com this morning. Our deadline countdown series continues 25 days until March 3rd, three weeks from Friday. It's coming in hot. And today we're taking a look at Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks with the Bo Horvat trade one week ago. Uh, here are some potential fits that I outlined. Seven teams that could see uh, a scoring winger in their future. Someone in Besser, who is one of the NHL's pure shooters, I did a deep dive on his game, listed these seven potential fits as well as a potential trade return or some recent comparables. Which one of these teams stands out to you as the best fit? Well, Jersey's really good right off the bat because um, it can handle the cap hit and he'd look good with Heischer and Hughes. But the one that's kind of under the radar for me that I'm very intrigued by, Frank, would be Washington. Um, you know, they just went out and spent a little bit on Strom and on Sonny Milano, but I still think they need a little bit of, of younger depth there on top of those two players um, projecting out. And Besser's cap hit, you know, is a little bit heavy at, at six and change, but you've also got a TJ Oshie who's, who's missed time with injury. He's getting older. He's 36. And I can't help but think that Besser would look really good on that right side, able to play a second line role. Problem is that Besser's also been injured too. So what are we getting here? Um, and as you alluded to in the article, Washington would probably have to send a player going back the other direction. And you know, how about an Anthony Mantha? What about a Lars Eller? I mean, maybe these are the types of players that Vancouver would like to take on in a Mantha. Um, but there are centermen coming along 
within that organization. A couple first rounders, Hendrick LaPierre, Connor McMichael, McMichael, that'll be ready for duty soon. So I'm just really intrigued with Washington. I don't know if it'll work there, but Frank, there's also some other ones that I thought might be pretty good spots for Besser to land. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm less concerned about where and, and more concerned about what does the package look like for Vancouver? Because you think back to the conversation we were having previously about the Canucks trying to create as much salary cap flexibility as possible. Well, they've added $10 million in wingers in the last couple of yeah. weeks with the Kuzmenko re-signing and then adding Anthony Beauvillier, who seems like he's going to uh, operate the bumper spot on Vancouver's power play as they resume their, their schedule out east. Um, so you're, you're thinking, okay, well, taking a player back in, let's say, you know, Mantha, for instance, he's got 5.7 and one more year remaining. Does that really create any cap flexibility for the Canucks moving forward? It's just kind of moving around the deck chairs. And I think that's really what's going to limit and or impact uh, how this trade goes down or if it does is the idea of what are the Canucks willing to retain and how much do mm -hmm. they value the pure cap flexibility? Because, you know, if they really want to get off the contact contract entirely, maybe outside of taking back a contract that's expiring, they're probably looking somewhere between a second and third round pick for Besser. So something to keep an eye on if you are a Canucks fan or if you're a fan of a team in the market for a scoring winger of which there are many, as we just outlined. Let's get to this week's edition of The Next Wave with our guy, Stephen Ellis. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's right. Pleased to be joined by our friend and associate editor at dailyfaceoff.com and most importantly, prospect analyst Stephen Ellis for this week's edition of The Next Wave, which is delivered by our friends at Montana's. And Stephen, you had a great story on dailyfaceoff.com on Sunday. The five buyer teams with the best prospect assets. So which teams have the best arsenal to go out and trade those pieces to acquire players? And I was a little bit surprised with 
the number one selection at the top of the list. That was the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Matt Nyes is a big buzzword or, or buzz name that's been out there for the last calendar year. We know that the Leafs resisted the urge to trade Nyes last year. Is he sort of the focal point of the players that they could move? And why was it that you thought the Leafs were ahead of the pack and ahead of some other teams, which have some pretty deep prospect pools? I'm thinking we're Toronto because I, I don't really think too highly of their prospect base. But my argument there was this is a team that's can trade pretty much all their top prospects, and I think it's worth it. Uh, this is a team that continuously gets stuck in the first round loop, and everyone knows all about that. But I'm there's enough guys on that team where they might be decent players. I'm not a huge fan of Matt Nyes. I don't think he's got a great potential in the NHL. I think if he was not a Toronto Maple Leafs prospect, I think we're not hearing about him as often. A good player, no question, but he's a guy where if you, if you can use him as a sweetener for a deal, I think he brings in a lot of value that way. Uh, you're looking at other guys like Fraser Minton, another guy I'm not too high on, um, but I know a lot of teams are for sure. Um, he's a guy that was uh, the Leafs traded down to make sure they can get him in the second round. They traded away the first round pick to, to get rid of some cap space there of Peter Morasic. Um, but those two guys alone will bring in some value. Uh, you got to look at guys like uh, Ron Hirvonen and Nick Arbuzizi, uh, both having really good seasons in uh, Finland and the AHL, respectively and they got that first round pick. I think they could be willing to trade all of that and still be looking at this as they're going to be in win now mode for a few years. It's okay to mortgage the future. It's not a huge future to begin with. And uh, I, th I think this is the time that they got to show they're really serious about making out of that first round. You know, you've got LA down in fourth on your list. And I was intrigued by that because to me, LA probably has, in my eyes, the most mature prospects pool to draw from. Players that could potentially enter the NHL lineup either this season or in the next. I mean, you got Alex Turcott, Jordan Spence, Tyler Madden. You go down that list, there's a lot of them. There's also a first round pick that they have available to the Kings if they choose to use it. So, um, how do you see them slotting into this, especially, like I say, having a more mature prospect set uh, than some of the other teams that can only offer some of the not quite as NHL ready players? With LA, I'm still thinking long term here, and this is something where I don't think you got to be trading away some key pieces of your future to maybe make it out of the first round, maybe go a little longer further than that. I don't think this is the year they're going to go far. So I think if you're looking at it and you're saying like, yeah, do you still believe in Alex Turcotte? Do you still believe in in, in Quinton Byfield and guys like that? You should. And uh, I think there's a few guys that are still a couple years away. And yeah, there's there's the guys like like the Turcotte, uh, maybe even the Tyler Madden that are probably not too far away from being these more impactful players but I still think you got to look at the long term here what are you going to do when Jonathan Quick retires obviously different position but what are you going to do when Anja Kopitar's gone then you lose two key parts of your future it's kind of like a new era for the team and I think you've got to be able to keep those assets as long as possible Stephen, one team I was surprised to see not make the top five for you was the New York Rangers. They've got a couple NHL-ready guys, I think, in Zach Jones, for instance. And then, you know, you take a look in Brennan Othman, for instance, and, and uh, the impact that he made at World Junior. And I, I even think of someone maybe a bit further down on their list in someone like a Bryce McConnell-Barker. Like, why are these guys... Um, why did they not make the cut for you? And how do you size that up if you're, you know, in the GM chair for the New York Rangers, a team that obviously had a ton of playoff success last year, has sort of found their rhythm again this year. How big do you go in terms of trying to improve this team, both for now and the run that they might take this year and for the future? How do you balance all that together? 
So I was very close to including them on this team, but uh, for very similar reasons of Toronto. Let's see what you can actually do. This is a very replaceable prospect pool, but this is a not a strong group, in my opinion. You look at a Brendan Ottman, he, I, I, think he, I think the world of him. He's one of my favorite prospects. I love Zach Jones. His career hasn't maybe gone as quickly as some expected. Some probably thought he'd be more of an impactful player at this point. Um, but then after that, I don't really like what they've got. They got some guys where they might have some decent third liners and maybe some decent depth guys, but no one that's going to be a real impactful guy that I think brings in a lot of value. Like if you're at this point, it's like if you're going to try to trade one of your young guys, like do you look at, at the guys that are already there? Like do you look at a Lafreniere and see maybe he needs a, a change of scenery somewhere else? To me, that'd be more valuable in the trade in their prospects where, again, there's just not a ton of value to be had right there. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'd be curious to see what other teams think of that. Uh, you know, I think you, you might be onto something. Maybe there are people out there that are overvaluing what New York has in their system. And I just don't have any indication yet that the Rangers are willing to seriously entertain trading Alexi Lafreniere and or Capo Caco, guys like that, that have obviously made an impact, but not as big of one as they would have liked in the garden this season so thanks so much for to Stephen ellis for joining us for this week's edition of the next wave which is delivered by our friends at montana's they're bringing back the uh, viewing party all season long at montana's they've got their daily deals today's monday that means half price wings also check out their comfort menu as well we've got a 50 dollars gift card up for grabs this week on our social channels head over to daily faceoff on instagram or twitter to enter 50 dollars to go a long way with their lineup of daily deals, which you can check out at montanas.ca. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, guys. All right, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. Hit us up on Twitter. We'd be happy to take your questions live on air. Mike, we were just talking about all-star... How do you how do you fix it? What what would be the tweak that you would make in order to make it better? It's pretty simple. Go back to the future, man. Get rid of all the BS. Like the, honestly, that skills comp took forever. It was disjointed. Make it focused. Make it fast. Speed it up. In and out with the with the uh, skills comps. And I think you go back. Look at the 1999 skills challenge. You take out the ridiculous goalie goal segment, and then you look at. Puck control relay, fastest skater, hardest shot, rapid fire, accuracy shooting, breakaway relay, man. These are the these are the hallmarks of hockey. You need those. Show what the players can do. Put the buckets on them for fastest skaters so they don't feel scared out there to go fast. And let's see what they can do. See, I actually liked the two cutaway events, which was the splash shot and the uh, the golf challenge. It's not like great for in person viewing, but. Um... Like, especially when you're sitting in the arena and they're like, okay, now we're going to go to this. And it's like, okay, no one wants to just sit here and watch TV in the darkness in this arena. So it is a little bit strange. Um, I just feel like some of the stuff that they do feels forced. Like some of the skits that they had, whether it was the Happy Gilmore or the Miami Vice Mitch Barner thing. Like It was just like, if you're going to have, if you have someone that is truly, genuinely, authentically funny, then please, by all means, give them a microphone and let them have a day. But if not, like don't don't try and force it. I understand it's a made-for-TV event. Not everything works. Full marks to, for them for trying, but I don't know. Uh, I think you're right. Shorten it. Make it an hour and a half, not three hours and change. Uh, I know that's expensive TV time that these networks are banking on, but still, I think the product 
ultimately at the end would be a lot better. That brings us to Tyler Uremchuk and our daily face-off points bet, daily bets segment. Tyler, uh, great weekend in Florida, but the NHL slate is back on Monday night. What do you got? Oh, it feels good to finally have like a nice solid slate of games. The last week it was all like one or two, maybe three games, but it is full tonight or full-ish tonight. So let's jump into what I like, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with, well, let's stay in Florida where the Bolts are taking on the Panthers. Not a lot of travel for the Tampa Bay Lightning heading into this game. And I just think this isn't quite priced right, honestly. The Bolts being minus 121, despite the fact they are clearly the better team, haven't been all year and have been as of late as well. They were 8-2-0 and in their last 10 heading into the All-Star break. And, you know, the Panthers weren't bad either. They were 5-3-2. and They haven't been great on home ice either this season. I just think this is a nice spot to get some good value on the Bolts. It's very rare that you see them at only minus 121. And they were rolling heading into the break. Could also be getting Bashilevsky versus Bobrovsky. So I give them the edge between the pipes as well. I'm taking the favorite there. And then, you know what? Coming out of the All-Star break, things can just be weird. And if you're going to give me plus 310 on more or less any team to win a hockey game in the NHL, I'm going to be tempted by it. The reason I'm playing this one is because, you know, the Stars were kind of struggling heading into the break a little bit here. They had lost three straight games in overtime, and the Ducks were playing well. They also only sent one player in Troy Terry to the All-Star game, so maybe there's the element of them being a little rested. But they won three in a row heading into the break, including beating the Colorado Avalanche. So I really like the Anaheim Ducks in this hockey game. Plus 310, I mean, listen, it's it's maybe not the most likely outcome, but at plus 310, the juice is just there, and I love it, Frank. I'm taking the Ducks as underdogs. Tyler, I love a good underdog play. Like Those are always the things that I'm after and looking at. What are the best odds that I can get to try and uh, make a dent on the sports book. That's really what I'm after. Yeah. So uh, not always taking the chalk. So it's always fun to to ride something like that. So I'll be in on the Ducks tonight with you. So let's, uh, let's go. Let's do it. Thanks to Tyler for our points bet daily bet segment. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what caught your eye? What caught your attention from around the hockey world over the weekend? Man, I, I rode the buses for 20 years of my life between juniors, college, pro, and I got to tell you, this is a first. I've never seen anything like this. Over the weekend in Danville, Illinois, a city that I used to play junior against occasionally, uh, their team didn't show up in the SPHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League, which is a single A league, which is a reputable league. Okay, like players go there, they get paid, not a lot, but it's a league that has a rep. It's been around for a long time. The home team just straight up didn't show, dude. Like the visiting team, Quad City shows up. They, so they skate warm-ups, they line up for the anthem, a player takes a lap, they salute the crowd, and they win a one nothing forfeit victory. And then get this, it was supposed to be a skate with the team night in Danville. The visiting team stuck around to skate with the fans in Danville, the fans of a team that may or may not even exist any longer, Frank. This is right out of Slapshot. This is... This is Joe McGrath here saying, I'd like to sell the jacuzzi, the massage table, our bus. This is it in real life. And it happened over the weekend in Danville, Illinois. Unbelievable. Uh, I love how you were selling the SPHL. You were like, it's a league. It's a real league. And I was like, okay, good. Well, now that we solved that, uh, it's just amazing to see them stick around and, and skate the lap with fans. Uh, and so what else are you going to do? Like, the, yeah. the, the clip is, is epic, and it is peak minor league hockey. I'm sure you've got a ton of stories uh, from your time 
uh, as you said, uh, traversing the country on buses for 20 years. So add it to the list. Uh, Danville, Illinois and Quad City. What a game. Uh, thanks to Mike McKenna for Garbage Time and for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks to Talia Remchuk and our friend Stephen Ellis for the next wave, our technical producer, Alex Allard. That'll do it for today's edition. We'll be back with you on Tuesday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, enjoy hockey. It's back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard, 
cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.